I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, lovely listeners. We just want to say we are so grateful for you. Every single one of you who tunes in on a regular basis and deals with our annoying snort laughs and <laughs> talking over each other and all my yeah 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 right yeah yeah the whole time yeah so thanks for <laughs> thanks for putting up with that but truly like we are so grateful for for you and for every little bit of encouragement and for you sharing with us just the ways that you're being encouraged and challenged and uh the ways this has been fruitful in your walk with the lord like that's everything we could have ever wanted this to be. Absolutely. And um, you you make this what it is. So we are yeah. very grateful for you. And I just wanted to start out with some gratitude. And we see you. We see you. We love you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. But and I think that kind of uh, actually <laughs> transitions really <laughs> yeah, well into what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Katie, do you want to intro this? Because this was this was your idea. Sure. We're going to be talking today about feeling overlooked. And so, yes, exactly like you're saying, that was a good transition in by saying we see you and we love you. Mm-hmm. Um, because more than we see you and love you, the Lord sees you and loves you. So mm-hmm. we want to jump right in. Right off the bat, I'm going to read Psalm 13. Perfect. This is a Psalm of David. It says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am removed. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation." I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I think that this is comprehensive, Mm -hmm. start to finish, what it feels like to be overlooked and then to realize the Lord has dealt bountifully with us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy to feel overlooked in this world, but also maybe sometimes overlooked by God and feel like, Lord, when is it my turn? When do... I get to experience the joys that other people are experiencing Mm -hmm. or this must be for other people, but not for me. And I know a few women in particular who struggle with this thought pattern of this is really cool for other people, but uh, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe God doesn't have blessings for me. Maybe I was somehow left out of God's good plan in this area. And it's devastating because... God is our creator and he doesn't create people to give them half a life like that. That's not ever his intention or his plan. And we know his plans prevail. And so I just wanted to start right off the bat saying we recognize that this is something that uh, people deal with is feeling overlooked by God. When will it be my turn? When will I get to experience these things? I think especially in the context of singleness, people who have been single for a long time and say, Lord, you've given this beautiful thing to other people and maybe you just didn't remember me. Like (laughs) maybe you just didn't remember me in the midst of Mm -hmm. making plans for people to get married and, you know, I was somehow on the back burner. And so people, you know, it's easy to take on 
that mindset, not only in singleness and relationships and as it relates to that, but in other things, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a house, maybe it's the women around you are having children and you can't. And that's devastating and you're feeling overlooked by God. And here we see David deeply resonating with that and saying, how long, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? Yeah. How long will you hide your face from me? He's saying, Lord, I don't even see you. Like you are overlooking me. Yeah. And you're hiding from me. I don't even have access to you is what he feels like. Exactly. You are hiding your face from me. And how long will my enemies be exalted over me? How long will these people get more than I do as your child? And it's it's easy to see everything happening for other people and be like, Lord, <laughs> what about me? Yeah. And so I wanted to open with that because here we see this man who God so obviously worked powerfully through and even he felt overlooked by our God. And so that should be some solace to us that we're not alone in our feelings. If you feel overlooked, you're not an anomaly. You're not on the outskirts of life. You're experiencing a part of, a part of our fallen nature. (laughs) We say that all the time, but you know, we, it's true. It is true. And so, yeah, um, I think it might be helpful to just at this point, like, acknowledge some ways you were saying some of them right Mm -hmm. like singleness and um the different examples that you gave were really really strong examples but I think there's a million and one ways that we um I'm kind of specifically imagining this conversation being had with young women in the church yeah right and not just young women but just young people in the church and young and old (laughs) feeling overlooked and so you know, what are some ways that we can feel overlooked? What are some ways that this can rear its head, right? And cause offense. And so I think some of those ways are feeling like, you know, opportunities not being given to you. Yeah. Whether that's like ministry positions or using your talents and abilities and things like that. I think you can feel overlooked in community that you are trying or feel like you're trying and you know, you're just not seeing the depth of relationship that you feel like everyone around you is having. I think you can feel overlooked by leadership and by mentors and accountability. Uh, Like they see and are paying attention to everyone but you. And I think you can feel overlooked in your pain. Like if you're going through something really hard and people know about it and yet they're not checking in on me or no yeah. one's even asked or do they even care? Uh, there's there's so many ways to feel yeah. overlooked. And, you know, I know we're not going to be able to touch on all of them, but just if you're experiencing any of those things, like we see you, we really do. Yeah. And um, I think of everything we've said, Katie and I have felt most of them at different points in our life. And yeah. I don't know, do you feel like this is a good time to kind of talk about our experiences? Absolutely. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? What do you think? Well, I think that they're uh, they're pretty similar and commingled together. But yeah, I can I can start off. I know that um, I spent a lot of time. I would say, especially in like middle school, feeling very much like overlooked. Like I'm I'm a good kid. I'm doing everything I can to. I'm I was smart. I was getting good grades. I was not causing problems at school. I had good friends. I had all of these things, and yet I felt like everybody who was being perpetually problems in school or whatever were getting all of the attention of the teachers, the attention of the leaders and all of this stuff. And I felt like, is it even like worth 
putting effort in to be pleasing to the Lord if um, if I'm just going to be overlooked by the people around me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was that was something I had to really learn. And my my parents were always so encouraging, like you don't do these things for people. You do not live a righteous life to gain the attention and the approval of others. Mm-hmm. And um, you do it because you know that that's what the Lord has called you to do. And you do your work as unto the Lord. And that is, that's the purpose and that's the point. And so that was something that I really had to reflect on in those years um, to, because I think a lot of the time this feeling of o- being overlooked is rooted in the desire to please others because people fall short all the time. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all sinners. We are all going to fall short. But God doesn't fall short. He sees you and we're going to get into that. You, there's not a population or a person that is not seen and known fully by God. But when we are feeling so overlooked in life, um maybe it's because we're we're putting too much weight on the opinions and the approval and the attention of the people on this earth. And that isn't to discount feeling Mm -hmm. overlooked because I think that in some situations, maybe there should have been more attention paid to me. And I think that we've talked about this a lot where when you are a good kid, when you are raised in the church, it's easy to fall through the cracks or more than fall through the cracks, be put into then positions (laughs) of leadership over other people um and then not get checked up on as much and that is harmful and has caused problems in both of our lives for sure um but yeah that's just kind of a brief synopsis I'm sure we'll get into more personal stuff as it goes on but that's kind of been my experience experience. yeah I can think of gosh so many (laughs) different like time periods of my life where I've felt that like you know that sting like yeah we all know what it feels like to just feel lonely and Mm -hmm. unseen and uncared for (laughs) in different capacities right yeah and this isn't like a pain contest and yeah I know there's some serious like hurt (laughs) out there and so this isn't to like compare but like you're saying I I relate very strongly to the feeling of being like overlooked by it's hard to even say that because like you said I was always put in positions of leadership like I was always put in you know our church did this thing called small group leadership so like high schoolers get put as like student leaders over groups under adult leaders um I did that I had like different like mentors for short seasons Mm -hmm. of time who would just kind of stop checking up on me and you know no one ever really asked me any questions or asked how I was doing it was always just kind of like what I could do for the group and um I enjoyed that like that fed something in me (laughs) for a long time yeah and then I got to being about 18 19 and I was like wait what the heck like I have all of this stuff that like I haven't dealt with and no one's ever like asked me and that's also part of becoming an adult is realizing oh that's actually my stuff to deal with that's not their problem for not dealing with my stuff for me um and I, we could get to this too. I had every impetus and <laughs> every right to seek that out for myself. And it would have been available mm-hmm. to me and I didn't, but I felt overlooked. I felt like, well, they're making time for all these other girls and yeah. asking them all these questions and I'm not being asked. So whatever. I also felt like interpersonally, all of my junior high and high school experience, pretty much I felt lonely mm-hmm. and look overlooked by friends and one foot in 
each area of my life one foot out. So, um, I was always really busy doing all these things and I just never felt like I really had super, super close friends in any area of my life and felt overlooked that way and watched all my friends get really close. And I was kind of like, okay, I'm here. Um, so cool for you guys. So cool for you. And again, part of it was on me, but then I also in like use of different talents and like gifts that I have, I felt really overlooked at different times Mm -hmm. and different seasons and, um, being like, given opportunities and then having them taken away and being told like, oh, we're going to put you in this position and then just falling off the face of the earth and no one ever talking to me about it again. Yeah. Things like that were really hurtful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of the idea that I said before of having pain and really serious things going on and just no checking up on or contact or anything like that. And a lot of it was just my lack of like vulnerability, but I felt so ignored in a lot of those mm-hmm. times of my life. And, um, also simultaneously feeling like guilty for feeling that way and feeling like I had all these things I wanted to give, but being angry and yeah. <laughs> and hurt and lonely. And so it, it, this is like a, a normal thing to feel, I think. Yeah. And there's a book called the bait of Satan, but offense and feeling overlooked is the bait of Satan to pull us out of community and to pull us out of vulnerability and relationship and to pull us out of effectiveness in the body of Christ. And so, um, just right off the bat, one of the main things that pulled me out of any self-pity related to feeling overlooked was just commitment to, to commitment to service and commitment to, um, love (laughs) and loving friends and loving neighbors and loving those in my ministry and all that. So, yeah, I, this kind of feels like rambling a little bit, no, but that's but like where I relate to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I thought of something while you were talking. I, for a long time, since high school, early high school, I thought like other people seem to get like prayed for all the time. Like, oh my gosh. People come up and pray for them. And yeah. people... I can count on like one hand. <laughs> yeah, people don't often come up and pray for me because you're because you're good you got it together well I've actually had multiple people tell me like oh I thought about praying for you and then I didn't because I just didn't think you actually needed anything I thought of that while you're talking it's like what in the world like of course I need prayer like I don't know whatever Mm -hmm. but I think that like you're saying the enemy uses this to make us impotent Mm -hmm. um for the kingdom because if we're off sulking in a corner because we didn't get the attention we wanted then or beyond that I don't want to gaslight us and say Mm -hmm. like oh we're just looking for attention that we didn't get but like when we're off in the corner sad about you know missed opportunities or lost opportunities or things that weren't given to us or things we were passed over for in that time we are missing what the Lord has in store for us because ultimately his opinion of us is what matters most. Right. And I, maybe a tangent, but there was a post, there's this account raised to stay. That Mm -hmm. is just such an amazing perspective. It is so fantastic, but she's a former pastor's kid who is now in ministry. And she talks about like all the messiness of the church Mm -hmm. and the the necessity of being committed anyway and serving and making it better and but acknowledging like there's some (laughs) there's some damage that's been done here and she posted recently 
a post where like the title of it was the church is not a talent agency. Mm -hmm. And basically just the idea that the church doesn't exist to like elevate you, to give you opportunities and the like kind of a Western church, mega church model has created this like stepping stone, like hierarchy within the church. Yeah. This ladder that you climb of like, okay, well I'll start serving in this ministry and then I'll get moved up to here and then they'll see me and then I'll lead this group and then I'll like blah, blah, blah. And then I'll start this ministry and do all these things. Right. Um, and there is like an element of growth and expansion and like all those things are important within the church, but seeing it as like this, like stepping stone career opportunity for yourself is really, really wrong Mm -hmm. and inappropriate. And a lot of times like elevation in the kingdom of God looks like demotion. Yeah, (laughs) It can look like doing really humble, unseen things and both unseen and visible things are valuable. But the idea that the whole body of Christ exists solely to worship and to elevate God and to worship him as creator. And if, if we lose sight of that, if we lose sight of our role as a member of the body, as being like the glorification of God, we're bound to get hurt. Like we're, we're bound to have wrong perspective. And you know, there, a lot of times like people do get like quote unquote promoted and there's like a natural like gaining of responsibility when you're faithful and all those things happen. But it's not a promise and it's nothing that God has said. In fact, he said, you know, what's done in secret and what's done in the quiet and what's done, you know, that no one will ever know about, like not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Like that's the stuff that is the most pleasing to him. And I think especially this might be like a super specific thing to talk about, but like, let's talk about worship ministry. That's one that's super visible. And so it's one that's really tempting to like climb the ladder in or be like, Oh, like, I finally got to main stage. Right. Like, that's- like I'm going to spend some time <laughs> on the high school stage when I'm in high school and then I'm going to move up to young adults, stay there for a while and yeah. be promoted up. And, you know, sometimes that's the way it works and sometimes it's not. <laughs> right. But like public worship is not more pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. Like, in fact, Jesus talks about like, um, you know, like the praying of the Pharisees and like they're like praying in public and they're loud, you know, show that they made of it. Right. Like what actually is more pleasing to God is like that private, intimate, mm-hmm. like life with him. And not that there's no value to like worship right. leading, but you there's can much listen to our worship episode too. We covered a bunch of this, a bunch of that, this. Yeah. yeah. But the idea that, and I just, this is as a principle that applies yeah. to a lot of other areas that we're talking about here, not that you cannot please the Lord with the way that you worship publicly or as a leader, like obviously you can. Yeah. But the thing that is truly like fragrant and beautiful to him is your personal like worship of him in your heart and in the, in the quiet of your life. And if you are so focused on growing in the public like side of that ministry, you're going to become bitter and cold and you're going to lose all like passion in your, in your corporate worship. And it's a really sticky, easy trap because it looks a lot like the music industry and it looks a lot like yeah. the things that you would do to promote yourself or to get better, like gain skills and all those things in these areas. But really like our job as a body is to focus on what is pleasing to Christ and seeing public ministry as more valuable than private ministry is a worldly, like godless view yeah. of ministry. So 
just a little soapbox there. Absolutely. No, I think it's a soapbox worth standing on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do want to kind of backtrack a little bit. Yeah, changing um, gears. <laughs> towards kind of the beginning of what we were talking about. Talking about David feeling overlooked by God. And we can spend so much time dwelling on the fact that we feel overlooked, that we forget that God has never once overlooked us. And he's in the business of promoting the lowly. God consistently uses overlooked populations to carry out his work. Think the diseased, the outcast, the sinner. Like he uses people who are lowly Mm -hmm. to accomplish the most high callings. And I think that we can get so caught up in maybe the opportunities we're being overlooked for here that we forget that God isn't threatened by that. Mm -hmm. He is not threatened by the opportunities you're missing out on because of other people. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? He absolutely can use you. I think of there's so many different stories in the Bible. I was like listing them out and I just like kept going on and on and on and on. But think David. Yeah. We just read his Psalm and he was just a shepherd and he was like the youngest of like a bunch of kids. And like, if you know anything about like biblical history, you know, like birthrights and like bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Where you, when you were born in what, you know, whatever it's all a big deal. And so when you're just looking at the situation, he's not the natural, you know, choice for any position of any authority at all. Mm -hmm. And then he became king. Right. Well, and even, even his dad was like, overlooking him yeah like exactly when, <laughs> when samuel comes yes. to like look for the next king that god has sent him to look for even his dad is like uh nope there's nobody else like yeah he's he like at all, my all sons. these ones um we've got like some kid out in a field but like i don't even remember his name really yeah. like <laughs> that one the that youngest one that's, like boy? he kind of smells like sheep I don't yeah know. but literally like even his his family was like nah yeah uh, not, not that guy not him mm-hmm. but god saw him mm-hmm. and he decided that he wanted to use him for his kingdom yeah and then we see ruth she's a widow which that is historically a really bad place to be (laughs) you do not want to end up a widow (laughs) and god uses her life to eventually bring about the lineage of jesus like she is a, a member of christ's lineage and then we see esther who is um an exile Mm-hmm. to Babylon and then she becomes queen and she gets used to save save the Jews and and then the disciples they were fishermen and tax collectors and Jesus said I see you and I'm right. calling you to a higher purpose I think of even like Matthew right like yes he was an actual outcast from his own yes. people his own society his own family because he was a Jew working mm-hmm. for the Romans as a tax collector, oppressing yeah. his own people. Like he yes. made some choices to get there and imagine how he was treated like in his community. Yeah. He was like spat upon, honestly, like he was, he was yeah. hated. One of some of the most hated people in all of, all of Israel were tax collectors. And yeah. especially if you were a Jew that turned to then work for the Romans. Yeah. And Jesus just walked right up to him and was like, follow me, follow me. I see you. Yeah. I see you and I have plans for you and a purpose for you. And so he was not only just overlooked, he was like hated, hated. Yeah. 
he was hated. And in some ways, like, rightfully so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like not, not rightfully, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> deserve it? <laughs> yeah, but seriously, like, he had made choices to get there. Like, yeah. it wasn't like he was totally, his hands were completely clean. Yeah. And so I think about people who've made choices that are unfortunately public. Yes. Who then are outcasted by members of their former community who, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's a serious type of feeling overlooked. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't even see my humanity anymore. Right? Because of these decisions that yeah. I've made. And you know you've made those choices. Right. But you still are like, well, God sees me. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to things that we decide to do and act on. And that doesn't mean that, like, every group of people is going to accept us. But God does not ignore you. God sees you. You are not overlooked by God. And he has still every good thing for you. If you are repentant, like if you seek him earnestly, you're going to find him and he is not turning his face from you no matter what you've done. Absolutely. I even think of, uh, the Marys, Mary, mother of Jesus. She's just a, she's just a little girl from Nazareth and here's you know, now the she's the, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And now she's the mother of the savior of the world. Like yeah. he sees the lowly. He loves to use the lowly. Yes. Like and he, then, the whole story of Jesus lineage, like yes. if you're looking in just, you know, as they're listing it out in the gospels, right. Of this person, they get this person, yes. get this person, right. This person, not this person, like a lot of them are lowly, colored histories like crazy stories kind of people that god is like yeah that's how i brought about my son into the world like he loves to turn things on their head and to like turn them into something beautiful and a story of only his power accomplishing those kinds of things and that's still true that's the kind of god that he is he loves to glorify himself and to accomplish his purposes through the meek and the lowly and um yeah i mean it's true today Absolutely. He saw the leper and he healed him. He saw the blind man and made him see. He saw the woman caught in adultery and pardoned her sin. Mm-hmm. He, this is his business. This is his yeah, he saw purpose. The thief hanging on the cross next to him. Yeah. And, and yeah. And then they him. were in paradise together. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. And I think this passage in Matthew 9 came to my mind when I was thinking about this. It's Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years Mm. came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed in that moment. When we think about like, it sounds terrible to bleed for 12 years. Yeah. Any of my ladies know. That sounds yeah. horrible. But also context for this story, under Jewish law, like she was not able to be touched. She was unclean. She was unclean for 12 years. Like no contact. How devastating. Yes. And looked down upon and people talking because then you're unclean. So everybody knows because you have to make it known and obvious. Yeah. And so everybody knows people in your life have outcasted you. Friends don't talk to you anymore. You don't get like hugs, like yeah. literally those kinds of things, like basic human things that you, I don't know anyone who's felt that overlooked Mm-mm. and abandoned, right? That yeah. you just literally have no help, no doctors, no medical help. None of that has helped you. You are suffering. And I guarantee she has cried out to the Lord until her voice is just ragged this entire 12 years. And she's probably, honestly, 
given up. Like mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, there's no chance to be healed. And she sees Jesus and she knows this is my chance. And he sees her. He's in this busy crowd. People mm-hmm. are touching him, crouching in on him everywhere, but she touches him. And he says, who just touched me? Like he knows. Yeah. Well, and then the disciples say, there's so many people. They're like, we don't know who touched Jesus, you. Like, Keep everyone, walking. Everyone Keep and their mother, like everyone's touching you. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah. go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're who busy. Touching We're you, busy. Okay? Let's go. Yeah. Well, that's also like a common thing in the gospels is the yeah. disciples like, all right, let's go next thing. Like, let's keep, let's and keep Jesus working. is like, can you just Jesus is like, like, take actually, a minute? <laughs> like, you don't understand what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm going to go do this because this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And he heals and sees. And so like, I don't know the pain you're going through. I don't know how you feel overlooked. Maybe something we haven't even like said or addressed, Yeah. but Jesus, his heart is for you. His heart is compassionate. He sees you. Mm-hmm. And just because the like length of your suffering has felt unbearable doesn't mean that he isn't able to heal and to restore and to, um, to do a miracle in yeah. your situation. And it's going to require faith. It's going to require turning towards him. It's going to require having a soft heart, right? But he is able to restore you and to restore your life. Yeah, absolutely. And beyond even just the miracle and the restoration, we now have belonging in Christ. Mm-hmm. We see in this passage, he he calls her daughter. Take heart, daughter. And that is intimate. Yeah. That is loving and that is affectionate. And what I just think 12 years of being unclean, being an outcast of society, being overlooked by every single person, not even considered because you were not supposed to be considered. And then this man who you have you just know in your heart that this is your chance right you go you take a chance and he calls you daughter and he sees you and he heals you yeah this is not an isolated situation jesus does this every day still you are his daughter you are his son you have belonging Mm -hmm. god is not leaving you to suffer on your own or leaving you to feel unclean or overlooked or outcast. You have belonging in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. You wrote something here that I just, I want to read. I think it's so good. So full credit to Katie J. Here. <laughs> there is no such thing as an overlooked person in God's kingdom. He did not create some for full potential and some for half. When we compare our stories to the stories of others, it is easy to feel like somehow you got passed over for opportunities. But God is the one who has the final say. Yeah. And it is a lie. It is a lie to believe that you are created for half of a life, for half of an enjoyment, for half fulfillment and satisfaction. But all things are available to you through Christ Jesus. He has offered you his full self, Mm -hmm. his full attention, his full love. And however you feel right now, that is who he is. Yeah. And he has not promised you good things and given you a snake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's we not are victors yeah. in Christ. We have victory through him. Right. We are more than conquerors. Right. <laughs> and it's so easy to forget because right. we, you know, we get caught up in daily life. And I think that this is a, a good segue to, you know, close us out, but also to cover just a few things before we close out. Um, we want to we want to leave you with something practical as always mm-hmm. so here it is and that is choose to walk in truth mm-hmm. 
not in a world constructed by your insecurities, not in living in pity for yourself. Walk in truth, and that is you have belonging. You are loved. You are seen. You are known. Mm-hmm. And in spite of being seen and known, you are loved. Right. <laughs> and that's the truth we walk in. Yeah. Our hearts often become hard after yeah. periods of time walking in the feeling of being overlooked. And really practically, there are there are things in your control mm-hmm. that you can do, that you can choose and purpose for yourself to live a different life yeah. <laughs> and to accept something different for yourself. And part of it is choosing to live as if what God says is true and choosing to be obedient and to treat people the way God has called you to treat them regardless of your circumstances or how you feel. And so that could look like, okay, you know, I don't feel seen by this community, but I'm going to commit to it a hundred percent. Invest. Yeah. I'm going to invest. Even if I feel awkward or uncomfortable, um, we're actually going to have a guest on in a few weeks about this that we can't wait to have. Yes. But if you feel awkward or uncomfortable or like you don't fit in in this group, act like you do. Yeah. Act like you fit in. Go to everything. Go to the Take events. Take ownership. Take ownership. Invite people out to coffee. Do like make that effort, even if it's uncomfortable at first. And you'll be surprised. And honestly, doing that kind of takes the focus off of yourself and mm-hmm. you get to see yourself as a vessel of God's love and attention to other people because you are not the only one in that group of people, young person who feels overlooked. Everyone has felt that way. Yeah. And chances are there's, you know, five out of every 10 people around you that are dealing with some level of that feeling for themselves. And so let's actually just take the attention off of ourselves for a moment and focus on the people around us and ask, okay, God, like, how would you have me love these people today? What would you have me do? And, um, yeah, I mean, just being committed to not just seeking a church or a community that serves you, Mm -hmm. but seeking a church and a community that you can get behind the purpose and the, the vision and the mission of that place. And you can throw yourself into it wholeheartedly, knowing that you are serving the Lord, that you work for him and not for men, that it is his pleasure that you are after. And, you know, you're in a community that you can get behind, but you are not, um, swayed to and fro by the waves of your emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're part of that community and that you get to just commit yourself to steadfastness in that. And I think we've lost an element of that kind of commitment in the world that we live in today. And there's nothing wrong with like moving and life changes and things happening, but I think we might have diminished the value <laughs> um, of long-term commitment. Yeah. Of fighting for where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And not just in like relationships, but in where you're at and where Mm -hmm. you're planting. And this is something that like my husband and I have talked about a lot recently is just the idea of like, okay, um, you know, like even if there's some things that we wish were different or, oh, this like teaching style that we would prefer or like different things like that, that we think about in a church, like we're not entertaining those thoughts because what we know from the Lord is that, Hey, this place where we are, is somewhere where roots are growing, where we see fruit, where we see an opportunity for ourselves to, to serve and to like be obedient to the Lord in the way that we invest in this community. And so our roots are going to go deep here. We're not going to 
look at houses in different states. We're not yeah. going to, we're not going to think about all these other like places. Like we're going to love and support other churches around us and do all those things. But like, this is where we are called to be and we're going to raise our kids here. We're going to commit to being around these people that we like have had a relationship for a long time. That's a gift that God's given us that yeah. we're not going to take lightly and we're going to choose to invest in. And yeah, I, I just think that there is great value in staying mm-hmm. and we like to romanticize the notion of like going away to school and going on a trip and living in another country and doing yeah. all these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like those can be great things, but there is huge, huge reward and benefit to also just planting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think one last thing I would like to touch on before we close out is don't let life just happen to you. Like, Amen. like, Christine said in the mom's episode, don't let life just happen to you. If there is something that you desire to be a part of and you just feel like you're just sitting around and waiting, go and talk to the people that can make it happen. Yes. This is something I decided to do right out of high school. I was fresh in young adults ministry and I was 18 and I said, I noticed that, oh, I think they might have like an intern position. I'm not even sure. So I texted Katie and I said, hey, is there even a such thing as a young adults intern? And she said, "Uh, yeah, and it's open. And instead of being like, okay, cool. And then sitting back and waiting for somebody to come like, sit at my feet and say, will you please come be our intern? You are the perfect that we're desperate for you, which ended up being true. (laughs) (laughs) But I... I went and I said, hey, this is something I'm interested in. I want to be a part of this. And there has been such great reward. And I didn't feel like I was forcing the hand of God in that situation. No. It's something I wanted to be a part of. And instead of just sitting around and waiting to not be overlooked, even though in this situation I wasn't overlooked, but you know what I mean? Right. Instead of just sitting around twiddling my thumbs, hoping something happens, I went and I asked questions. Right. And, and you're I not being invested. like Gideon laying the fleece out. Like, right. God, give me a sign if I'm to do this. Like, what's the harm in asking like you went to our pastor and you said hey this is something I'm passionate about yeah is there anything that could be here for me yeah exactly and now here we are almost two years later and I've loved every minute of it and it's been a blessing and so I that is my encouragement and then I've gotten really involved and invested in our community yeah even even when it's not as easy as some people make it out to be you know what I mean it's it's so worth it to get invested and to invest in the hearts and the lives of the people around you. And, you know, maybe the people around you are feeling overlooked. Mm -hmm. You can be the vessel to bring God's belonging to them. You know what I mean? Like making them aware of it. And so I just want to leave with that encouragement that you can be that for somebody else, but uh, invest, take opportunities, make things happen. Mm -hmm. And know that you are seen and you are loved and you do belong. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love all of it. It's good stuff. And we just, we want to encourage you that there's like valid hurt and people are not always perfect and you might've done everything right and been hurt. And we're so sorry for that, but that's not a reason to stop trying. (laughs) And that's not a reflection of God's heart or how he feels about you. Yeah. And he is pleased with your obedience always. Absolutely. Always. And so like we said it's it's his pleasure that we're after and so 
we we love you guys yeah with that we're gonna sign off talk to us on instagram talk to us via email mm-hmm. we love you the katie's podcast on both katie's yep. podcast on instagram katie's podcast at gmail.com let yep. us know let us know how you're doing all right goodbye we'll talk to you soon. talk to you next week